Hey everybody, Jamie Rutsky here on the Lighter Side of Baseball, and what a great day. The season has finally come to an end in Major League Baseball. We know the 10 teams that are going to be in the playoffs. We know how much they each paid to get there, and we know pretty much who the uh, home team is going to be in the uh, wild card games. It's going to be hosted by Max Scherzer and the Washington Nationals against the Milwaukee Brewers, who couldn't take advantage of the Cubs somehow miraculously winning two out of three games from St. Louis. And then the other wild card in the American League will be hosted by none other than uh, the Oakland Athletics, and they're going to host the Tampa Bay Rays. So, a funny thing, you know, we're going to get to some of the firings. The first firing I want to talk about is a friend of mine. We used to negotiate a lot. We're really not friends now, but we're not enemies either. But that's Mr. David Dombrowski, one of the top executives in baseball. And David, I always thought, you know, had a pretty tight wallet when it came to negotiations. And that's probably because we only negotiated minor league contracts. But Dombrowski was fired a year after he won the World Series with the Red Sox putting a team together. And John Henry, the guy that really is the uh, uh, leading shareholder, owner of the uh, Red Sox and the point man, the guy that always talks, the guy that somehow convinced Mr. Selig to let him trade the Marlins franchise for the Red Sox franchise. And uh, Jeff Loria went down to uh, Miami. And uh, the, the rest of that is history on what Mr. Loria did. But be that as it may, Dombrowski builds that team up, spends a lot of money, and then gets fired because the owner said that uh, they didn't have the same kind of vision for the team going forward over the next five years, with the caveat being he spent too much of my money. Yes, the Red Sox had the number one payroll in baseball, and so where their payroll was about $265 million, if you take that times the number and divide that by the number of games they played, they were playing for $2.5 million a win. Not too good. And I haven't done the math, so I'm sure that we can actually come up with a better number than that. But I thought after the Kimbrell performance, and the performance I'm talking about was at Wrigley Field uh, about the what was that, a week ago? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a long time ago, but I think it was a week ago when Kimbrell gets off the DL or the IL or whatever you want to call it, but Kimbrell gets off the injured list, comes in and throws a batting practice home run ball to Yadi Molina, who puts it into the left center field bleachers at Wrigley Field, and the score is now 9-9. to And before you could blink... Kimbrell served up another 97-mile-an-hour batting practice fastball that didn't move to Paul DeYoung, former woodchuck. Yeah, the DeYoung was a woodchuck. It's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so DeYoung deposits one almost into the same row in the left-center bleachers, as did uh, Yadier Molina. I mean, Molina must be hitting about 700 at Wrigley Field. I mean... Uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, he'd be a first ballot guy if he was a Cub. Well, if he was a Cub, he probably couldn't hit at Wrigley Field. They sure can't, but be that as it may. Getting back to uh, Dombrowski and Kimbrell and John Henry, here's what I think. I think that after uh, Henry fired Dombrowski, he should have rehired him back and apologized to him because he was smart enough not to bring back Craig Kimbrell and 
saved a lot of money, saved a lot of headaches and heartaches, and Kimbrel is really, really pathetic. But I thought it was even funnier when this week John Henry comes out and says, in trying to explain a little bit more of a detail why he fired Dombrowski, he said in his explanation that, that he would like to be more like the Brewers and the Athletics and their general managers. And I had, and I had to laugh. The, uh, the Athletics and the Brewers, Billy Bean, who the Red Sox tried to hire, are the number 25 ranked payroll in Major League Baseball, and the Brewers are the number 16 ranked payroll in baseball. So both of those teams are in the bottom half. They're not even in the average of the league payrolls. And so Stearns, who's the general manager, or president, of whatever they're calling the GM, you got Stearns and you got Bean, you've got the three of the four teams in the uh, wild card game. And the wild card game now has become sort of a, a, a little play-in game for teams with crappy payrolls. So you got Tampa Bay, they are number 30 out of 30. You have Oakland, 25 out of 25 out of 30. And then you've got the Brewers, 16 out of 30. And the only team in the wild card race that is in the upper half of baseball's payroll uh, would be the Washington Nationals at $8 million. So just to recap while we're on that subject, the leading team, and as I, going back, I, I talked early on in the season about uh, the probability, and I really am not a statistical analytical guy, but the probability is 70 to 80% uh, if you have a payroll in the top half of baseball. So let's look at the division winners, okay? The New York Yankees, the division winners in the American League East, had the third best highest payroll. The National League West division winners, the Los Angeles Dodgers, had the fourth highest payroll. The Houston Astros led the West American League West, they had the seventh. The Braves uh, had the 14th, the Cardinals had the sixth, and the Twins had the 18th. So, of the top six, the division winners, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Astros uh, were in the top of the payrolls. So, there you go. My, uh, my 70 or 80% it's pretty much spot on. What my listeners remind me of that was not spot on was my prediction that the Cardinals would finish at the bottom of the division. Okay, I was a little off on that. I made a mistake about Pumpsy Green's position. I said Joe Madden's number was number 72. And I think out of 35 broadcasts, that's three bad mistakes. And... The Cardinals were the worst. I still think they'll lose to the Braves in three. I cannot stand the Cardinals. They come to Wrigley, and it was just a bad weekend at Wrigley. And it was bad for a number of reasons, and it was the last game 
of that series where they swept the Cubs that will be, that is, and that will remain the final game at Wrigley Field of Joe Madden. And uh, that brings me to the main subject of this segment of the podcast. I want to talk a little bit about Theo, Joe, Tom, and Jerry. Now, like, who are those guys? Well, the last two guys, Tom and Jerry. That was a cartoon. That was a great cartoon. My grandkids love Tom and Jerry. Uh, but this Tom and Jerry happened to run the two teams in Chicago on the north side, south side, respectively. Tom on the north, Jerry on the south. As an aside, every year Mr. Reinsdorf and I dine. He told me he'd listen to the podcast. He might be listening to this one. There's nobody in baseball I have more respect for, even if I thought that Jerry would be listening, and I'm not really sure that he will. But anyway, he was kind enough to put it on his podcast uh, app on his iPhone or had me do that. Um, I, I have more respect for Mr. Reinsdorf than I do for really anybody in professional baseball that I've ever met, and here's why. He is, maybe to a fault, so loyal that it is not funny. It is the best trait someone in professional sports could have because there is not a lot of loyalty in the game of baseball. Jerry is a loyal person. He's loyal to me. I call him up for lunch. I can talk about the Cubs. He still goes out and has lunch with me, and we have a blast. We don't talk much about baseball. We talk about a lot of different things, and not only do I enjoy those times, do I learn a lot from those times, but I just reflect on those lunches or breakfasts, and I think, what a nice, loyal person to have a meal with me, although the only podcast he would agree to do would be if we talked only about cigars. And I understand totally. Although I'm going to keep working on Mr. Reinsdorf to see if he couldn't do a little podcast with me maybe over the off season. We'll see. I doubt it. I don't want to get your hopes up. My listening audience is growing by leaps and bounds now that not only SoundCloud has it, but iTunes. I want to try to figure out how to do it on Facebook. Maybe YouTube. We're going to up our game uh, next year, but this year's not over. We've got the playoffs, and I'm going to talk about the playoffs in a little bit. So, and I'm, I'm kind of bringing it down because the Cubs were eliminated a long time ago, and and uh, I'm talking about loyalty, which you just look at the track record of Jerry, Not and, and I only know half of it, but he's loyal to a fault, uh, and I, I mean that in a good, good, good way. So he was loyal, remember, it took a long time to pull the plug on Robin Ventura. He's very loyal to Rick Renteria. Rick was Rick with the Cubs. Now he's Ricky with the White Sox. And, uh, you know, he is stuck by Kenny Williams. He is stuck by Rick Hahn. He is stuck by the hierarchy of his organization. And he is really successful putting on an enjoyable entertainment product in the great city of Chicago. And they had an okay year, and next year I think they're going to have a great year. 
Tom Ricketts, on the other hand, and I don't know Mr. Ricketts. I've talked to him a few times because he's from Omaha, and we used to own the Omaha Royals, so we briefly chat about things going on when we had the team in Omaha. Uh, Mr. Ricketts sort of uh, is admirable in a lot of ways. He put his own money into the team. He put his own money into, well, his family money into the team. He put his family money into upgrading Wrigley Field, and some of the upgrades I like, some of the upgrades I don't like. But here's the deal. If Mr. Ricketts would have injected himself into the management of this team instead of relying on Theo Epstein, had that occurred, then things would be different. But Mr. Ricketts, for some reason, either because he doesn't have anybody to get good advice in between him and Theo, or he just doesn't want to get involved in that sort of thing, uh, has made a couple mistakes. One is uh, continuing to employ Craig Kenny, and that's a whole different show. I just think that Kenny was on the way out. Now he's like the savior because he's come up with a million different ways to make millions of dollars. But here's what Mr. Ricketts did. He did not inject himself into the Theo versus Joe Madden debacle. He didn't fire Theo after he blew three or four hundred million dollars of his own money after Theo decided that he was a better hitting coach than Chili Davis was, after Theo went around Joe's back and met with all the players to find out what little grievances they had against Joe, and he let Theo basically hang out to dry Joe Madden for a year, hung him out to dry. And Madden puts a happy face on, Joe's cool, puts on his Mr. Cool attitude. As I said before on this podcast, Theo hung Joe out to dry, and he just twisted in the wind until today, Sunday, the last day of the regular season. So, he meets with Theo last night, and Theo... Gives him the obvious news, which every sports talk show in Chicago that I listened to had already, you know, hung Joe out to dry and put him out to pasture. And then Ricketts reads, or the TV guys read a long message from Tom Ricketts to Joe, you're the greatest guy, you're my friend, I always think you're my friend, you've been great, blah, 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 thanks for everything, you're fired, buddy. Now... In addition to that, compounding my disdain for the Cubs organization, which grew by leaps and bounds in the last two weeks, Craig Kenny and his little group on how to make a billion bucks off of TV basically put WGN out to dry because they couldn't come up with the kind of money that Sinclair could come up with when Sinclair bought out all of Fox Sports mini stations. And just like Ricketts reading a little letter to Joe about how great you are, they had like WGN Appreciation Day last Saturday at Wrigley Field and they showed high, uh, highlights of Jack Brickhouse and 
Vince Lloyd and Lloyd Pettit and Lou Boudreaux and uh, not only WGN Radio but WGN TV. And the reason the Cubs have the kind of fan base they have today is exclusively because of WGN, Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey, Steve Stone, Chip Carey, you name it. WGN was baseball, and you could always find either the Cubs or the White Sox broadcast on that channel. And what do they do? But after they fire them and, and tell them basically, you know, sorry, we can make a whole lot more dollars from some other little marquee sports network that is owned it's a joint venture, the best I can tell, between the Cubs and Sinclair. They have all the WGN people sing the seventh inning stretch, and they throw out the first pitch, and they act like, oh, this was great, but you're yesterday's news. The same thing was repeated today with Joe Madden. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's hilarious, because there are a lot of people in the city that I talk to, sports talk shows that I listen to, they're so excited that Joe's gone. Joe outlived his welcome. Joe let the players be too free. Joe was too easy going. Joe was too busy being Joe Cool. And so the Cubs just needed a change. We need a guy that's gonna be tougher. We need a guy that's gonna show them how it goes. We need a guy that we'll never get to a playoff with. We need a guy that our attendance is going to drop off the face of the earth. We need a guy who is going to give us a sub-500 record year in and year out. That's who we're looking for because we just don't think Joe is our guy anymore. Now, any person with any cerebral activity not named Epstein would have torn that logic apart. And here's why. Theo still has a job. And I cannot imagine why, other than Ricketts doesn't know who to go turn to, unless he hired Dombrowski. And as Mr. Reinstorf mentioned, you know, Dombrowski, uh, Jerry loved Dave. I, I know Dave. He... Uh, he goes out and gets expensive ball players, but he but he produces. He wins with them. This year was an anomaly. But anyway, back to Ricketts and, and Epstein. The culprit, the person that led this team to mediocrity, which is exactly where they are today, was Theo Epstein. And it started a year ago. And a year ago I would have, if I had been Joe, and of course Joe's making five or six million a year, so why rock the boat? Theo starts this process by firing Chili Davis and every other coach that Joe wanted and bringing in his own guys who nobody has ever heard of because Dio, like Tom Verducci on the MLB Network, thinks he's a better hitting instructor than the guys that have played 20 years in the major leagues. He's the guy that thinks we ought to have a higher launch angle. We need to hit more home runs. We need to have better exit velocity. We need to do X, Y, and Z. And oh, by the way, Theo, if you don't hit the ball, I don't care what your launch angle is, there ain't gonna be a launch. There's gonna be a splashdown in the catcher's glove. And that's what happened all year. The Cubs were high in rank for strikeouts. They were 
high in rank for horrible play. They were 28th in the league in errors made. They ran into outs left and right. Joe didn't have his coaches. He had a bunch of bozos that Theo liked. The pitching coach, because he's a stat cat guy, never, you know, he might have had a cup of coffee in professional baseball pitching for after Theo drafted him. He, you look over at the Cardinals and there's there's uh, Mike Maddox. Are you kidding me? We have Hatovi and they have Maddox. The proof's in the pudding. Our pitching stunt. Now, that's number one. Theo thought he knew more than Joe. Number two, Theo meets behind Joe's back and gets the feedback from the players and exit interviews without the manager. So basically, Joe, you go off and head back to Pennsylvania. I'm going to find out what the grievance, why we, why, you know, we collapsed with what they win, 96 games. Yeah, what a crummy team. 96 victories, and Theo's in there wondering, what don't you like about Joe? Well, you know, I really never know if I'm in the lineup. He really doesn't spend much time with us. He kind of gets to the ballpark late, and we only won 96 games. And then we lost to the Brewers in game 163, and then we lost to the Rockies in two basic playoff games at home. And, you know, we just feel like we need more hands-on with Joe. So Theo goes, I got another year, I can't fire him because then I'd have to account for that money plus some money to hire Joe Giardi. So we're just going to hang with Joe. But, oh, by the way, Joe, uh, I'm going to bring this hitting coach up because he believes in my theory of launch angle. Now, I've told this story. I've sat, I've sat in Wrigley Field for at least 20 games. I took a $100 bill out of my pocket, and I said, if anybody can name the hitting coach of the Chicago Cubs without looking at their phone, you got this. Nobody. Nobody. Anthony Lapozzi or Lapazzi or whatever is he. Horrible. Any other team, that son of a gun would have been fired in the middle of the year. Pathetic. And I'm going to go into more detail about this because I'm pissed about Madden getting the, getting the heave-ho. I'm pissed about WGN not getting their fair shake to broadcast baseball in Chicago. And I'm pissed because Theo just kind of, oh, I got two more years and then I'll be heading out of town to go fix some other team. Well, here's what Theo did do in addition to what I've already talked about. Number one, we have not had a leadoff man since Dexter Fowler. Well, Dexter wanted a lot of money. So what? Bring back Dexter Fowler or go get Edmund or Bader or a Bader wannabe or an Edmund wannabe or any one of a hundred fast guys that Theo overlooked in the draft. Now, not only do we not have a leadoff man, we don't have anybody in the top 75 or 80 prospects in baseball. Now, Yes, we traded away Eloy. Yes, we traded away, and I say we, I'm just, for those of you that are not Cub fans, and I would raise my hand as not being a Cub fan, I'm just saying we, I did this as a lawyer. And anyway, the Cubs, where I say we, I mean the Cubs. The Cubs not only didn't have a product in the top 80, their only product in the top 100 was this guy, Nico, 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 not Rico, 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 and he came up at the end and did good. 
And I would venture to say he's going to be the second baseman next year with Baez at short and Russell somewhere else. So um, his drafts were terrible. He never got a leadoff man. And uh, you listen to talk radio, and it's hilarious. They're like, oh, Joe just lost the team. No, he didn't. didn't lose the team. The team he had from Theo sucked. The bullpen sucked. And why? And here's why. It's not that there weren't qualified guys. Look what Stearns did. I was kind of critical of the Brewers not doing much at the break, at the uh, trading deadline. But they went out and got a couple of really good pitchers that apparently not too many people, including Theo Nerdo. So the Brewers did a nice job. Theo had his hands tied by Theo. Yeah. Put your hands behind your back, tie your own hands. Difficult trick, but Theo did it. He blew so much money on bad, bad, bad baseball. And anybody can talk about the Chatwoods and the Darvishes and the Kimbrell and the uh, uh, Morrow. But there were a lot of other really, really bad. You know, go burn $5 million. Reference Drew Smiley. The guy couldn't lift his arm when he signed with the Cubs. The Cubs rehabbed him, and then that was the end of his $5 million contract, and he went down the road to uh, pitch this year in the major leagues, and he actually had some good, good games. Today, now this is what Madden had to deal with. Today, the last game of the year, Madden had already been fired, going to coach anyway because it was a loving separation. Derek... Friggin' Holland, $7 million. Now, Theo didn't have to eat all that, but Theo signed a $7 million guy who couldn't get me out. Horrible. And the last game of the year, Madden, you know, you got a pencil in, somebody on your 40-man roster decides to pitch Holland. It's the end of his contract. Maybe give him a shot with some other team. Gives up seven runs to the Cardinals in about three innings. Pathetic. Then the bullpen. So, in the offseason, we get Ryan and we get this guy Brock. Remember Brock? He's gone. I mean, Theo burned Ricketts' money left and right. Still does. I mean, Theo and Jed Hoyer ought to be gone. I mean, just, just out of principle. And Madden ought to be here. He had no team. Talk about having your hands tied behind your back. They tied Joe's hand behind their back. You can't have any coaches. You can't have a leadoff man. And oh, by the way, this bullpen is atrocious. And we're going to have a lot of uh, guys that we need you to play. But, um, you know, too bad. Our free agent signing in the offseason is Brock. Oh, my God. Then they get rid of Edwards for Week. And Week was as as weak as his name. It was bad. So, Joe's gone. Can you think of a Manager more in demand today, tonight, than Joe Madden. I can't. Let's just wipe the slate clean and forget he was here for five years. Theo would be out trying to hustle Joe into signing a five-year contract with, with the Cubs if he hadn't been here for five years. If he had stayed in Tampa Bay, Joe would have been courted by Theo. Come on, we need you, man. You know, you're great, blah, 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 blah. So, Joe's going to end up 
could end up in Pennsylvania. There could be two openings here before too long. Uh, the Pirates fired Hurdle today, and uh, so there's the Pittsburgh job near Joe's home. And uh, I think that I've been saying for a month they're going to fire Kapler in Philadelphia. You have the Royals job, which I think Matheny's going to land. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so bad. You've got the San Diego job and the San Francisco job, and maybe the Angels will offer Joe a job because he spent 31 years there. So, I'm telling you, Madden made out like abandoned, got treated like a gypsy, and the culprit is sitting sweet with his big-time salary named Theo. I can teach how to hit home runs, Epstein, even though this team finished in the middle of the pack in every offensive category. So, there you have it. Um, I may never go to another Cub game. I'm going to go to the White Sox games. Yes, Jerry, if you're listening, I want a good deal on season tickets on the south side. Doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I just go south on the red line instead of north. It's a beautiful ballpark with way better food. And uh, I know the owner. So why the hell wouldn't I hang out there? And remember, uh, Abe Proman's or whatever his name is, uh, Polska Kielbaski that feeds a family of five for eight bucks. That's a hell of a deal. So anyway... That's my that's my take. Joe got screwed, but God love him. You know he'll come out of this in good shape. He'll probably sign instead of a six million dollar contract. He'll sign a five years for eight million a year. That's another forty million. He's very charitable, so that money will go to good use wherever he is. I don't think Joe does it for the money, other than to be equal with some of these other managers. But what he does is a good job. He's the best guy available. He would have been great here for another five years. And I laugh at the people that talk about, oh, man, you know, he just lost control. He didn't get the most out of these players. Well, you know, if you don't get the most out of these players, nobody's going to do it. So who's going to be the new manager? Everybody's talking about David Ross. I can't believe it. But I think Theo's going to do that because he can push the guy around and, uh, you know, be buddy buddies, but tell him what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Theo's the reason this club has gone into the tank for the last year or two. And when Theo left Joe alone, they won the World Series. When Theo decided he knew more than anybody on the face of the earth except Tom Verducci, the team has struggled. So there, this team will always struggle. I'm not sure I'll ever go to another game. I'm going to head to the south side way more often. And we're going to take this show on the road a lot because we're getting good feedback and our listenership is growing all the time. If you want, tell your friends about this show because I'd appreciate any increase in the listening audience. You know, I think it's fun. Uh, on the next segment, as soon as the Bears game's over, I'm going to talk a little bit about the playoffs. And uh, then once the wild card's over, we'll go with the uh, final four in each league. And I think that will be fun. I believe that the Dodgers are going to play the wild card team. It's going to be the Nationals. Scherzer's pitching against the Brewers. I think the Brewers are at the end of the road. You never know. And the Braves are going to pitch against Cards. I think Braves beat the Cards, Dodgers beat the Wild Card, and then the uh, Dodgers beat the Braves. Sorry, my buddy you know, out in St. Louis who loves the Braves in the American League. It's going to be the Astros taking on the Wild Card. They're going to win. It's going to be the Yankees taking on the Twins. The Yankees are going to win. And then we're going to have a great series between the Yankees and the Astros, and I think that i got to go with the Astros, man. Look at that pitching. 
So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about where everybody was with their payroll. Uh, we're going to keep the segment number, the last segment kind of short. And uh, after, like I said, after the Bears game, we'll come back. But uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the guys that uh, won the batting title, Tim Anderson with the White Sox. We'll talk about trout season. We'll talk about a lot of these injuries. We'll talk about anything that any of our callers uh, want to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we don't have any callers. We don't have any sponsors. But we will be back in, as soon as the Bears game's over with a wrap-up. And back we are, better than ever. And the Bears were better than ever. Oh, my gosh, what a good defense they put up against the Vikings. They won 16-6. to they were kind of in a prevent defense the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, and Minnesota managed to squeak out a touchdown, but went for two, and it didn't go anywhere. The Bears win. This is not on the lighter side of football. It's on the lighter side of baseball, but with the Chiefs and from Kansas City, you got to be excited. I'm excited about the upcoming playoffs, and we're going to do a couple of podcasts. This was 35. We have to get to 42 sometime before New Year's, and that's Jackie Robinson. So... Anyway, I think uh, MVPs, which are voted on before the uh, playoffs, I would have to go with Mike Trout in the American League and uh, Christian Yelich in the National League. Who else? In the American League uh, for the uh, Cy Young winner, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's clearly going to be uh, Cole. I mean, he is unbelievable with the Astros. And in the National League, it's probably going to be, I don't know, Strasburg? I don't know. i have to check that out. Check that out after the uh, playoffs get underway. So I gave you my predictions in the playoffs. Biggest disappointment, biggest disappointing team of the year. That's an award I give out annually. This is the first annual show. Um, I'm going to have to say the biggest disappointment was the probably the San Diego Padres. They were pretty pathetic. I think the four worst teams, the Royals, the Marlins, and the uh, Tigers, and the Orioles. They stink. They need to do something. Ned Yost is gone. That'll help Kansas City. They have a new owner. Paid a billion dollars for that team, so that's going to be good. So I think that uh, out of those four bottom dwellers, I think that, uh, you know, Baltimore may change managers too. But they should. I mean, God, they ought to get more money into their payroll. They ought to change managers. They ought to change general managers. They've really sucked since they made a change in their general manager a few years ago. Biggest disappointment in the, uh, oh, probably the American League. I have to go with Seattle. Um, I think Harper was a disappointment. Machado was a disappointment. Castellanos with the Cubs, going to be a hot free agent. So we're going to have fun in the uh, offseason, I think, a little bit. All in all, I think that this baseball season, if I could sum it up in five minutes, which I uh, intend to do right now, I think Major League Baseball has a big-time problem. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Here's the problem. Pitchers like Dakota Hudson, you cannot throw three pitches in three minutes. You cannot start a game and finish a game 
And if you if you balance that with the NFL, the game I went to at Wrigley Field on Saturday when the Cubs gave up back-to-back dingers, it'd be like starting an NFL game and the game would end halftime of game number two on Sunday, four hours and 30 minutes. You need a clock. You need umpires that know how to move the game along. You cannot continue to have four-hour games unless you just don't really care. And if you don't really care, then I don't really care. But they need to do something for the fans to speed up the game. They need a clock. 30 seconds, clock goes off. It won't happen. If you have a 30-second clock, the pitcher will throw it in 30 seconds. They can throw it in five seconds. There's some pitchers that don't get off the rubber, and bully for them, good for them. Dakota Hudson's horrible. Darvish was bad, but he sort of started speeding up, and he got better. Um, that's one big problem. The second problem are balls. The Rawlings baseball is absurd. It's home run derby every night. There are record number of home runs, record number of strikeouts. God, it's a boring game. And then you add the shift to it, where you got guys out in right field like a roving shorts fielder in softball. It's embarrassing. And then the other thing that's a pet peeve is all this baloney celebration. You know, I'm all for a high five, but oh my God, it's choreographed. Every guy gets a hit. He, the, the, each team has a little symbol that they do out there. And, you know, that's just play the game, please. So, how are you going to beat Verlander? How are you going to beat Cole? How are you going to beat Granky in a playoff game? I don't see it. I think the Astros are going to win it all. You heard it here. I think they're going to beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been there twice, so it's about their due. But the Astros are better with that pitching staff. Now, who's their fourth pitcher, Wade Miley? I don't know. So you've got umpires that suck. You've got baseballs that suck. You've got uh, guys out in the field that are doing stupid things that make it and and then the time. So I don't know. I mean, is that the lighter side of baseball? It's, I think they're heading for a strike in another year. I think the collective bargaining agreement is going to get some scrutiny. I think the uh, players are sort of fed up with the uh, owners making a lot of money. The owners would take issue with that, but I think the owners are making a lot of money. They even own the baseball company. They own the video game. They own MLB Network. They own everything. I mean, really, you don't have to look very much further than to see if somebody would pay a billion B as in Bravo, I-L-L-I-O-N, for the Kansas City Royals, then every swing and team is worth more than that. You got a small market. They doubled their TV contract coming up next year. I don't know. I mean, I try to get excited about everything for the future, but right now they need to improve the game. And if they just go, hey, you know, we were only down a percent, no big deal. We make up for that with other stuff then they're going to be sorry. They're going to have stadiums like Pittsburgh was the last week or two, empty. They're going to have stadiums like Cincinnati, empty. And if you eliminate the Cub fans that go to games on the road, you're going to have a lot of empty stadiums. So they need to do something. They need to do something about the time of the game. They need to sue something about the baseballs, and they need to eliminate the shift. Now, as long as the guys are all on the dirt in the infield, you can have four guys anywhere you want but don't put them in the outfield grass. Just can't do it. Not even one foot. Time clock.
Hey, congrats go out to who I predicted would be the MVP of the American League last year after he was traded to the Kansas City Royals, and that's none other than a guy that I've always loved, Jorge Soler. Isn't that great? He really did good. Now, let's finish up with who's going to be traded from which teams. I'm going to start with the Cubs, and then we'll do a different deal every week because I don't know the teams as well as I know the Cubs. So here's who ought to be gone. You ought to get rid of Chris Bryant. Guy can't hit in the clutch. Get what you can for him. Get a couple of pitchers. And then put Baez a third if you have to. I don't know. He's a better shortstop. You got to get rid of Hap. And you got to get rid of Schwarber. Now, people say, you're insane. They won't do any of that. They got to get rid of Hap. They got to play Almora. They got to sign Castellanos and try to trade Hayward. Not that anybody's going to take him. They got two good catchers. And uh, they got Rizzo. So, that's it. My team would be probably Baez at third, Russell at short, Horner at second, Rizzo at first. I would have uh, in left field, uh, you're probably going to have Schwartz. In center field, Almora, right field, Castiano. And, you know, the catcher is the same guy they've had this year that is incredible. Willie Contreras. That's it. They need new pitching. They got to get a farm system. They got to get rid of Theo. I don't know. I mean, the food sucks. The play sucks. Next year, I'm devoting the year to finding good food. Going to PNC. I'm going to be on the road more. You heard it here. This has been a great year. I've had a blast. 35 riots. And I think most, for the most part, the shows have been okay. Now, some have dragged. Some haven't dragged. And since uh, we're hitting the 30-minute uh, mark here, I'm going to sign off until uh, next week. And when the playoffs begin for real, we get rid of the wild card. Then we're going to uh, have some highlights with featuring the teams that are in, the teams that are out, the 59 White Sox, the 1919 White Sox, and some of those guys. So there were no Nelly stories on this whole deal, although... He and Joe shared a love of wine. I guess Madden will try to sell his restaurant here. It's really good. I'm going to go back there just because I like Joe. And uh, I'm going to write Joe a letter because he got screwed. Anyway, that's it. Jamie Retzke, lighter side of baseball. Nothing's light right now except apparently the air when a ball's hit because there's no drag. No drag. There's home run records, strikeout records crummy teams, and a lot of dancing out on the field. The World Series is going to be good. How do you beat the Astros? The Dodgers will try. The Yankees will try. The Braves, Twins, hmm, good luck. So that's it. Lighter side of baseball. Until next week, Jamie Retzke saying have a great night and a great week. And for my wild cards, I've already predicted the Nationals and the, I think the Rays are going to win the other one. Yeah, I think they're going to upset Oakland. So, for Jamie Rutsky, still Jamie Rutsky, and we'll be Jamie Rutsky next week on the lighter side of baseball. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.